Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Kraft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. I am God's workmanship, created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands, say this with me. Come, Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, are y'all ready? Give somebody a high five, a hug, or something on your way down. So glad that you're here. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in the earth right here in Frisco, Texas. We're talking about favor. It's one of my favorite messages. Favor ought to be one of your favorite messages too. Come on. And I want to talk to you about how to grow in favor. And you know, in light of last week's message, and if you weren't here last week, Joel, Stan, and I tag-teamed video. uh, And uh, I'm going to take you back to Lakewood a few times today because in 2012, uh, actually one month before we moved into this building, which Joel was a part of our dedication in February of 2012, uh, he asked me to come to Lakewood and actually preach on favor. And, uh, and so I did that. It was actually on January 1st, uh, 2012. And I just want to take you back to, to, some, of those, uh, to some of those times. And we're going to start today by how it started there in Lakewood. It was such a fun day. Here we go. Let's watch this. Hey, I'm very excited today to have my good friend, Pastor Keith and Sheila Kraft here with us. They're from Frisco, Texas, right up in the Dallas area. And I got to know Keith a few years back and they're just fine, fine people, fantastic ministers. And he's got his whole family here with them on the front row, his beautiful daughters, his son and son-in-law with them as well. Let's, let's see a picture of them if we can. Here it comes right there. They're right here. So glad to have them with us as well. He's got a beautiful family. Also today, Keith's church back at home in Frisco, they're watching all the services. They're joining with us during the services. So right now they're all watching us. So come on, let's give Elevate Life a great big Lakewood welcome. They're in Dallas today. We are so glad to to be with you guys. And we thank you for letting your pastors come and minister for us uh, here at Lakewood. And we just, uh, we love Pastor Keith. And 12 years ago, they started that church and they're just about to dedicate a brand new facility. It's called the Cathedral at Frisco. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. We're very proud of them. So Keith's going to come share with us today. Come on up, Pastor Keith Kraft. Give him a great big Lakewood welcome if you would. All right. Thanks, Keith. Hey, come on. We got to do this together. Come on. Hey, you know what? I I love this. Let's join hands, Joel. And this is my Bible. Come on, y'all stand up. Let's do this together. We got to get it right. That's why I want to be holding hands with Joel. I want to get it right. Okay. All right. Here we go. This This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my brother. You got it. God bless you. So great to be with you today. How many of you are excited to be here? Anyway, that's how it started, and it was just so much fun. And, uh, 
And so I want to just talk again about how to grow in favor. And the Bible says in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with all the people or with both God and man. And I want to just say this. If Jesus grew in favor, we need to grow in favor. In fact, the Bible says it this way. Uh, Isaiah spoke about the coming, the coming Christ, Christ the Lord. In fact, he said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the government will be on his shoulders. Dr. Luke, before he gets to verse 52 in Luke, the second chapter, says it like this. He says, unto us a child is born, a son is given, Christ the Lord. I find it interesting that when Jesus was born, he was already called Christ the Lord. Can I just tell you that God already knows the beginning, the end of your life from the beginning of your life. God has already put his hand on your life. God already knows how you're going to win in life. God already knows that you're the head, not the tail, that you're first and not last. You know, the Bible says that, but sometimes we forget God, God has not only framed us. And before we were even a thought in our mother and father's mind, God thought of us. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, the scripture, I know the thoughts that I have towards you to give you a future, a hope, and an expected end. In other words, what you're involved in today, what you're going through today. By the way, if you're going through hell, don't stop. If you're catching hell, don't hold on. In fact, just go like that. Go like that with me, because I've been catching some hell. How many of y'all been catching some hell? Hey, go ahead and catch it and then let it go in Jesus' name. But I want you to know something, that he was called Christ the Lord as a baby. How is a baby the Lord? Because he has a destiny on his life. And so here's, how, here's what you need to understand. If Jesus grew in wisdom, we need to grow in wisdom. If he grew in stature, we need to grow in stature. If he grew in favor with both God and man, we need to understand what that is. And let me just tell you this. Everybody listen very carefully. It did not say that Jesus grew in blessing. So many people put blessing and favor in the same category. And they don't understand it's not in the same category. Jesus didn't need to grow in blessing. He was already blessed. By the way, you're already blessed. I said, you're already blessed. The first act of God in Genesis 1 was this. Let's make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let's supernaturally endow him to be like us. We are God's sons. We are God's daughters. We're made in the likeness and the image of God to create, to bring Godness to the earth through us. But then the Bible says that after he created us, he blessed us to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Here's what that means. You came out of the womb blessed. And yet too many times in our life, we're so focused on what we're not. We're so focused on what we don't have. We're so focused on our disadvantage. We're so focused on, on, on the, what we can't do that we, that we don't really realize the Bible is really, really true and we are blessed to be fruitful. Your life may not be fruitful right now, but you're blessed to be fruitful to multiply in good things. Most people multiply in bad things because they don't know how they're blessed. But I'm not talking about blessing today. The Bible didn't say that Jesus grew in blessing. He was already blessed. But he grew in favor with God and man. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, very familiar passage of Scripture. I grew up, I memorized verse 5 and 6 when I was a little boy. And verse 5 and 6 of Proverbs 3 says this, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. 
No, with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. By the way, the etymology of the word understanding is understanding. It's two words together. What is under your standing? Why do you think the way that you think? Who taught you to think the way you think? You see, all of us think a certain way. We think according to our nationality. We think according to our ethnicity. We don't think what we do. We think according to the kind of family that we were grown up in. In other words, he says, trust in me with all your heart and don't lean to what is under your standing. Well, I'm standing on this. This is what I believe. This is what I think. Here's the baseline question. How's that working for you? That's the baseline question. Well, I think this. How's that working for you? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and here's the promise, he shall direct your path. In other words, God says, at a minimum, I want you to trust me. Not sometimes, not in some things, but with all of your heart. But it's not just the five and six that's so important. Sometimes we can take a scripture and we just look at the one verse or the two verses, but what's happening before this verse that makes this verse so important? Let's take a look at verse three and verse four. Let not mercy, everybody say mercy, and truth, everybody say truth, forsake you, bind them about your neck, write them on the table of your heart, and look what it says. And so you will, say it with me, find favor with who? God in the sight of God and man. So in other words, favor is something to be found. Favor is something that as we grow into it, we Fine. Wow. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, I don't know about you, but growing up, even as a basketball player, um, I wasn't just a great basketball player. In fact, I really wasn't ever a great basketball player, but I just decided I was going to start practicing basketball. And, and all of a sudden, I tried out for the team and I make the team and then I'm practicing with the team. And then all of a sudden, I start finding that I'm kind of good at it. It's like, that's what growing in favor does. All of a sudden, you begin to realize, I've got the favor of God on my life. Well, what is the favor of God? It's a divine assigned advantage for success. You know what most people don't think? They don't think they've got any kind of advantage. When you have favor, you do. I said, when you have favor, you do. I said, when you have favor, you do. And that's why Jesus needed to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with both God and man. Favor is different than blessing. Let's, let's talk about it just for a minute. You see, here's the truth. If you're going to grow in favor, you have to discover the secret. Favor is a secret. I'm just telling you it's a secret. All my life, you know, do you know that I've been in church my whole life. This is what a church boy looks like. I've been in church my whole life. And I bought into Jesus. I bought into God. I bought into the Holy Spirit. I bought into his ways better than mine. I bought into I need to be forgiven just about every day and maybe sometimes a lot of times during every day. I bought into my need for God. Come on, how about you? I I bought into that. I I, I had the privilege, thank God for my parents who raised me in church and gave gave me the privilege of making my own choice. At least they exposed me to God. Everybody has to make their own choice. But they put me in a position where I could make the right choice. And as I grew up in church, here's what I realized. I, I realized that the Bible is really true. And here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, but when they are revealed, they belong to us and to our children forever. There's some divine secrets that God has for us that are the Lord's, but they're only revealed to us as we open up our heart and open up our mind to get a true revelation of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can do that. 
But as it relates to everything Jesus, if Jesus grew in wisdom, what's wisdom? Wisdom is not just knowing good from evil, that's baseline wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to differentiate between good and best. Let's talk business for just a second. If you were sitting in a business meeting, every time you had to make a decision and you could differentiate between good and best and always choose best, would that be a good thing? If you met somebody, is this person, is this a good alignment for me? And you were able to see good and best, you say, this is the best alignment for me. You think it would affect your life? That's why you need wisdom. But the Bible says in Ephesians 4, and we talked about it, this is our core key scripture all year long, that we've got to grow up, we've got to mature, we've got to grow up, not in some things, but according to Ephesians 4, in all things. And then as we grow up in all things, how many of y'all think you got some areas of your life you need to grow up in? We're talking about growing in stature. So growing in wisdom, but growing in stature, we've got to grow up in all things. There's some people, they never grow up emotionally. The same things that offended them years ago still offend them today. The same thing that made them angry years ago still makes them angry today. They've never grown up, they haven't grown up emotionally. Sometimes our bodies just grow up because that's gonna happen, but you have, to make, you have to make your emotional quotient grow. You have to make your emotional intelligence grow. Are you gonna keep getting mad about the same things, keep getting offended about the same things? Or can you grow up? We need to grow up financially. Part of growing up financially is putting God first. God says, that's the key to success. Put me first and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. How many of y'all want that kind of blessing on your life? Well, it doesn't just happen because you're a good person. It doesn't happen because you flip God a nickel. It happens because God says there's a pattern of order in your life. Listen, I could have a Rolls Royce outside and, and if I didn't put the key in the ignition, it wouldn't do me one bit of good. There's always an order in life. And God says, you know what? If you put me first, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and my way of doing things, my righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. And you can be one of those people who say, I don't agree with that. Guess what? It won't work for you. You don't have to put God first. You can make it about money if you want. It's not about money, it's about honor. So again, grow up in all things. Grow up with, get, get a better grasp on finances. Get a better grasp on your emotions, why you are the way you are. Get a better grasp on your attitude. The one thing that you control is your attitude. You can't control everything that happens, but you can control how you respond to it. Why do you let something twist you off? Why do you let something make you leave a relationship, make you leave a room, make you leave whatever? Why do we act that way? Because we don't grow up. We don't grow up. And we walk away from people that we should be with. We walk out of places we should be there. By the way, this is all true. When you get with the right people in the right place at the right time, the right things happen. Come on, somebody put an amen on that. So again, he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, but he grew in favor with God and man. Favor is a divine secret. If Jesus grew in it, how do we need to grow in it? The Bible says in Psalms 25, verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who, now you can look at that word fear, put it up there, guys. You can look at that word fear, but it's not fear in the sense of fear, it's the fear in the sense of honor. The secret of the Lord belongs with those that honor him. If I honor God, guess what he does? He shows me, he shows me, he shows me what? He shows me how things work. Boy, did you hear all those amens that must've come from heaven? It's like, oh, wow. Because y'all all got it figured out, right? You know how it all works, how marriage works, how business works, how life works. You know, let me explain favor this way. And I'll just use Josh as an example because he's just always a good example to use. But when my children were young, I'm going to just use Josh as the example. If I said, Josh, go clean up your room. If he says, yes, sir, and he went and cleaned up his room, he has my blessing. 
We don't have any issues. But if I tell Josh to go clean up his room and he doesn't clean up his room, then we got a problem. Now I have to deal with him based on what he's decided not to do that I ask him to do. So take a look at your notes. There's three kinds of people. Those who don't do what they're asked to do and they bring a curse on their life. God doesn't curse you. Let me say that again. God doesn't curse you. Let me say it a different way. God will never curse you. The bottom line is God wants us to learn obedience. Why? Because the second kind of person is those who do what they're asked to do and guess what they bring on their life? Blessing. But then there's a third type of person. What if Josh, at some point in his life, by the way, he's about to turn 30 and he's getting there. At some point in his life, he walks in the room where I am and he says, Dad, I knew this was in your heart, by the way, for me to clean up my room. And I cleaned up my room without you having to ask me, is there anything else you'd like me to do? Parents, I'm talking to you just for a second. How many of y'all are parents? It's one thing to tell your child to do something and they don't do it, so you got to deal with them. It's another thing to tell your child to do something, they do it, and well, that's the way it should be. Because now we got harmony and we've got a blessed life together. But it's a whole nother level. When your child walks in the room and says, hey, I knew this was in your heart for me to do this. And by the way, I cleaned my room. Is there anything else you would like? That's what favor is. You can picture that as a parent, can't you? That would bring a favor on your child's life. And that's the truth. And so many people don't understand it. So they don't understand. They don't understand how much favor is a secret because they think, well, it's just, I'm just, I'm I'm blessed. I want to take you back to Lakewood for my second point. I thought I could preach it live to you, but I did so good back there. I thought, I'll just let y'all hear it from 2012. If we're going to grow in favor, we have to discover the secret. Everybody say discover the secret. What's the secret? Favor is something you need to grow in. And when you bind mercy and truth around your neck. When you write mercy and truth on the tablet of your heart, so shall you find favor in the sight of God and man. Point number two, let's go to Lakewood. Here's the second thing. We have to develop our mercy quotient. If I'm gonna increase in the favor of God, I have to develop my mercy quotient. Remember what Jesus' great-great-grandson said, Solomon. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Don't let it get away from you. Don't get on the side of judgment, which brings dishonor. Get on the side of mercy, which brings honor. You see, the pathway to favor is found through the gateway of mercy. Each one of us has a mercy quotient. We just don't realize that. In other words, we have a capacity to give mercy or we have a capacity to judge other people. So why does Jesus' great-great-grandson say, hey, listen, don't let mercy forsake you. Don't let it forsake you. Bind it around your neck. Write it on the table of your heart. And you will find favor with both God and man. You see, every one of us every day has a chance, an opportunity to be merciful. Do you know what the Bible says about mercy? It says a lot about mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Come on, quote it back to me if you know it. For they shall receive mercy. Blessed, happy, fortunate, lucky are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. I define mercy this way. Mercy is when you take a ladder and you lower it past a person's sin so that they can get out of whatever pit that sin got them into. When I give somebody mercy, I give them a ladder to come out of a pit that I could choose to keep them in. 
but I give them mercy. You see, we have to develop our mercy quotient. How do you do that? You choose to see the best in others. That's a choice, isn't it? There's a reason the Bible says that familiarity breeds contempt. Because the more you get to know somebody, the more you'll be able to judge them for what they're not. Choose to see the best in people. That's what I love about being around your pastor. That's what I love about reading his books. That's what I love about listening to his messages. Why? He's a person that chooses to see the best in others. One of my friends named Zig Ziglar. Anybody heard of Zig Ziglar? Zig Ziglar and I have shared the platform for the last 12 years and over 30 events every year. He says it like this. Some people find fault like there's a reward for it. Can I tell you, I don't want to be on the fault-finding side of life. I want to be on the mercy side of life. You see, if you develop your mercy, it's going to be because you choose to see the best in other people. But you also choose to overlook the worst. That's mercy. That's mercy. I love the story of Joseph, and you know the story. But Genesis 39, 1 through 6, I just hopefully want to just give you a little nugget of wisdom today. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Joseph never thought as a son of the Most High God, as a son of Jacob, that he would ever be sold into slavery. He never thought that he would go down to Egypt and be taken there by the Ishmaelites who were the enemies of God and then sold to somebody else. He wasn't just sold once, he was sold twice. But look what the Lord says in verse two. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. Really? He was sold into slavery. He was taken down to Egypt. It was against his will. But the Lord was with him. And the Lord called him a successful man. The Bible says, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor. Can you say favor? He found favor in his sight and he served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from that time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. Now listen to this that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Can I tell you that when you have the favor of God on your life, everybody around you is gonna be blessed because his favor is on your life. Why do we need to increase in favor? Because your family that doesn't know needs to be blessed. Because your boss in the place where you work that doesn't know needs to be blessed. You mean God blessed the Egyptian's house? Watch this, because of the favor that was on Joseph's life? You mean people can be blessed just by being in our presence because the favor of God is on our life? Can I say yes and amen? In fact, the Bible goes on to say this, that God blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Everybody say, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. 
It doesn't say Joseph was blessed. Here he is, this servant. Here he is, he's been sold. Here he is, he has every reason to have a bad attitude. He has every reason to be bitter. He has every reason not to feel good about himself. He has every reason to think his family's forsaken him and surely God has forsaken him too. But you see, the test of Joseph, and I really want you to get this, was not just that he have a good attitude. The test of Joseph was, was he going to live on the side of mercy or was he going to live on the side of judgment? The test for Joseph was if he was going to live on the side of mercy, then he would give honor to everyone. He would give honor to Potiphar. He would give honor to the jailer. He would give honor to the Pharaoh ultimately. In other words, because he had a spirit of mercy, he was able to give honor. I want you to hear this very clearly. We don't give honor because people deserve honor. We give honor because we're honorable. You see, that's what's lost a lot of times. We, we think we, well, that person doesn't deserve my honor. We don't give honor because somebody deserves it. We have mercy first that empowers us to give honor. And then I want you to look at the screens because I want you to see this is how it works. It's mercy, it's honor, and then ultimately favor. That's how it works. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. By the way, what's so important about the neck? Every woman here knows. It is the neck that turns the head. Every woman knows that. Most of you don't know that your neck is about 10% of your body. It even relates to us honoring God with our finances. It's about 10% of the whole, but it makes all the difference because where the head turns, the body follows. When we have mercy, we breed and develop honor in our spirit. And when that happens, it's not based on what somebody has done or hasn't done to us. It's we choose to see the best. We choose to overlook the worst. And God says, something's happening on the inside of you that's gonna change everything around you for the good. What if you were the kind of person that everybody in your life was blessed because you were in their life. When you increase in favor, that's exactly what happens. This little word faithfulness, let me just talk to you about this for a minute and then I wanna give you my last point. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. What does truth there mean? In the context of scripture, it means faithfulness. Let not mercy, choosing to see the best, overlooking the worst, don't let that forsake you. You're gonna to have to work at it or it will forsake you. But bind it about your neck, write it on the table of your heart. Why? Because you will receive favor, a divine advantage for success in both the sight of God and the sight of man. Watch this, that word truth there means faithfulness. The Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse six, every man proclaims his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. You know what faithfulness is? It's not, not ever making a mistake. The Bible says that a good man falls down seven times, but he gets up. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delights in his way. And Psalms 37 says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord will uphold him with his righteous hand. What does that mean? Faithfulness doesn't mean that you never make a mistake. Faithfulness means just every time you make a mistake, get back up. 
You see, what God's looking at is not perfect people. He's not looking for perfect people. You know what he's looking for? Is people when they fall. God, I need your mercy. And God, as you give me your mercy, I choose to give mercy to other people because I understand how people can fall. I understand how people can mess up. So God, if you'll give me your mercy, if you'll bless me with your mercy, I'll bless other people with mercy. And then you get back up and God says, now that's what I'm looking for. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth. Listen very carefully now. What is God looking for? The eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those who are faithful to him so that he can put his hand on their life. You know what God wants for you, family of choice? God wants for you the favor that was on Jesus to come on your life. And it's not about being perfect. It's about being forgiven. But it's not just about being forgiven. It's about being merciful. And then you develop a spirit of honor. And when you develop a spirit of honor, you will walk in the favor of God. Now, let me just say this to you. Why mercy before truth? Listen. Because mercy is when you give that ladder to somebody. And you help somebody get back up. And so God says, if you'll develop that, if you won't forsake that, if you be the kind of person that extends a ladder when you could give the hammer, then you'll practice helping other people get back up. And then truth, every time you fall, because you've practiced helping other people get back up, you'll be able to get back up. And you won't be defined by how you fell but you'll be defined by the favor of God that's on your life because you have mercy and you get mercy to get back up. You see, here's how it works. It's this simple. When you have mercy, you breed honor. When you're able to have mercy, you'll give honor where honor is not due and honor where honor is due to God. You'll put God first. You'll put other people first. You'll put their best before your best, and then you'll have favor. But the opposite is true too. If you decide not to have mercy and you choose to judge, then how mercy brings honor and breeds honor, when you judge other people, it breeds dishonor. And judgment plus dis plus dishonor, or judgment plus dishonor will bring a curse rather than favor. I don't know about you, but I want favor. I want favor. I'm not going to judge other people. I'm going to give mercy to other people. I don't care how much mercy you need. You got it. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. You got it. You got it. You got mercy. Because <laughs> guess what? If we have mercy, we get honor. If we get honor, we get favor. I hope you get that. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. And that is, if you're going to grow in favor, you have to not just discover the secret of favor, not just develop your own mercy question because that has to be developed. That just doesn't come naturally for any of us. But the third and last thing is you have to deploy your more. You say, what do you mean by that? Deploy your more. I've got some great news for you. God's got more for you. I said, God's got more for you. No matter what you see right now, no matter what's going on in your world right now, God's got more for you. 
But until you become a person who has mercy and you have honor, watch this, you'll never have anything beyond blessing or a curse. Remember, people that don't do what they're asked to do, they bring themselves under a curse. People that do what they're asked to do, they get blessed. But people that do more, everybody say more, than they're asked to do, they get favor. And all of a sudden, the more that you want is the more that God wants to give you. Can I just give you a scripture? Ephesians 3, verse 16 through 21. Listen to this. And that he would grant you, favor you. Everybody say favor. That he would favor you according to his riches to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. That's where mercy comes from, by the way that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever. How long is forever? It's forever. God is a more God. Let me say that again. God is a more God. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could even ask or think, but it's predicated on this one thing, according to the power that works in us. What power needs to work in us? Mercy. What power needs to work in us? Honor. Only I can give mercy. Only I can give honor. And God knows when you have mercy, you don't have to do that so you become like him. God knows when you choose to honor, you don't have to do that because you have a right to dishonor, but you choose to honor, you become like him. And by the way, if Jesus grew in favor with God and man, you grow in favor with God and man because you're being like God every time you give mercy and every time you choose honor. And to him who is able to do exceedingly, and I speak that over your life abundantly above all you could ask or think, according to the power that works in you. Say this with me, say, God, work your power, your power of mercy, your power of honor, your power of favor in my life in Jesus' name, amen. Well, one last time, I wanna take you back to Lakewood. And I just wanna tell you, God doesn't favor people, but he favors people who favor his principles. That's how you get the favor. So this is where I caught the ball in 1998, and I just tell them a little bit of the story. Let's watch this. Well, here's where I am, and let me just, let me just do it like I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm right here on the front row. Now, listen, it wasn't beautiful like this. It wasn't beautiful, the beautiful Lakewood Church. It was the compact center, and it was getting old. And I'm standing down here, and Nolan Ryan's looking right over my head, and I said, throw me the ball. But 16,000 people were screaming, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. And I started jumping up and down and I said, throw me the ball. I'd come with a friend of mine that I'll disclose in just a minute and he was totally embarrassed. He was thinking, man, this guy is into sports memorabilia. I mean, he didn't know what I was doing. I'm jumping up and down, throw me the ball. And all of a sudden, Nolan Ryan's eyes met mine. And I looked at him and I said, Throw me the ball. He started laughing and he threw me the ball. Now listen, I don't know if the cameraman can do it, but get a close up shot of this. This is the actual ball 
that I caught in this place in 1998. Now, you're clapping, you're happy that I've got sports memorabilia and I appreciate that. But it wasn't about that. When I caught the ball, I started crying. Well, my friend who was with me, just kind of looking at me, I said, God just spoke something to me. He said, what? I said, God just spoke to me that he's thrown me the ball of favor and he wants me to throw it to the world. And he's just looking at me. And about that time, a little African apostle from Zimbabwe, Harare, Zimbabwe, Africa, comes running around the corner. His name is Tudor Bismarck. He spoke in his British accent. He said, Brother Keith, the spirit of the living God, I was sitting right up there. The spirit of the living God just spoke to me that when you caught that ball, you caught the ball of favor and you're supposed to throw it to the world. Well, that even broke me more. I mean, here the show is going on up here and we're just having this Holy Ghost time right here in the front of the compact arena. It was 1998, I caught the ball of favor in this place, God gave me a word, and it'd be a cute little story if the guy I told wasn't Joel Osteen's roommate and friend. Let me just tell you this, John Osteen was alive and well and preaching the gospel. There wasn't the thought in anybody's mind that somehow the compact center would go up for sale and Lakewood Church would end up inhabiting this place because the favor of God is in this place. So I have a question for you today. And the question is, does anybody want the favor of God thrown to you in this place? Come on, Lakewood Church. Does anybody want the favor of God? Come on, come on, come on, stir it up, stir it up. Raise both your hands in the air. I'm not gonna throw you a baseball today that has Nolan Ryan's name on it, but I'm gonna throw you a ball that I believe is a divine assignment for success over your life, over your family, over your future, over 2012. And in Jesus' name, God, I thank you. I thank you that it was in this place in 1998 that you spoke to me. God, I'm nobody special. But the fact is you chose me as your son to be a vessel that in this place you spoke a word of prophecy that indeed has come to pass. So God, today, for whatever reason, I accept the assignment and I ask you not because I'm better than anybody here, but I'm just a chosen vessel, just like every person here is a chosen vessel. And God, as I have freely received, now I freely give and I loose a spirit of favor on Lakewood Church like never before. Come on, church, just receive it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what we're gonna do. That's my assignment. From 1998 until now, here we are. How many years is that? 20 years later, 19 years later? 19 years later, I'm doing what God's called me to do. We've done it several times in our church through the years, but this is the day. This is the day. You say, what's the day? I'm gonna throw some favor balls out in the crowd. And you know what I'm telling you? I'm telling you, it's not about the baseball. It's about the favor of God. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint. 
and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.